Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of the Two Have Soccer Podcast. My name is Jackson, and this week we're going to be talking about rivalries in the MLS. It's been a rival week, rivalry week the past two weeks, so uh, I got two good friends to talk about this with me. On my right, I have Mike. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. We just got back from a great trip and uh, getting caught up with work currently. My real job, lame. Yeah, we're going to jump into that trip here in a second, but I also got Christian across from me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. So this podcast is a little different. Uh, we're recording this during a match between the Pittsburgh Riverhounds and Columbus Crew during the U.S. Open Cup. So if you hear us stop talking, something exciting might be happening and we might be having a live reaction to this game. So we're just going to sort of see how that goes. Uh, but... Like I said, the past two weeks in the MLS was deemed rivalry week, um, although it was over two weeks. So what all have you been watching? Uh, catch us up on what, what you guys have been watching. Uh, yes. Well, the main game definitely took over uh, Saturday was St. Louis and Sporting Kansas City. Can we call this Battle of the Cities? I mean, they both have city in their name now, but St. Louis just sort of made theirs up. Yeah, well, not quite sure what we want to call it. I think that's a pretty popular debate amongst STL and SKC fans right now. Uh, certainly worth talking about. Uh, Kirby, you have any thoughts yeah, on uh, what I, you want I to know, call it? Uh, uh, Alexi Lawless was saying Battle of Missouri, but you know we play our games and uh, can't say Kansas. But yeah, anyway, that was I thought that was a great soccer experience outside of getting our ass kicked four zero. Um, yeah, so that was the main rivalry week game I watched. Um, watched Open Cup last night between LAFC and the Galaxy. Uh, that was a good result by the Galaxy. I know um, LAFC is resting their players. They have Champions League coming up, so all that. Yeah, over these past two weeks, it's it's so hard to even remember what game was when. We have also had U.S. Open Cup games here and there. Uh, but all the way back on Sunday the 14th, I remember watching L.A. home to San Jose. That's another good one uh, that I spent pretty much that entire um, night watching. Sunday night games, so it's always easy to watch. But that was a good one. L.A. Galaxy came out on top. But like I said a few weeks ago, that is or was one of my favorite rivalries there. So it's always good to see that back. Um, but then this past weekend, I think there's a bunch of fun ones we had. Cincy Columbus going on, uh, Red Bull Montreal, that's an older one, and Philly New England, a bunch of great rivalries that uh, really played out uh, well this past weekend. Uh, did any of you get a chance to see any of those games? Yeah, I caught some highlights. I know um, now that Champions League is done for the Union, uh, apparently they're doing a lot better in the MLS than beat New England, which is a big result. Um, they're also playing very well. Trying to think what else. I uh, yeah, that was that was the main game. So yeah, yeah, a lot of good ones. I also miss Dallas Houston. That's also a, a great Texas rivalry right there that I totally forgot even happened last week, and that honestly I didn't even see. What was the Northwest matchup? Was it did Portland Seattle? No. Oh, they had Vancouver Seattle uh, this past Saturday. So uh, Vancouver actually came out on top too. That's yeah. going to be big for the Cascadia Cup. And apparently Houston's playing really well at home right now. I know they knocked us out in the Open Cup at their place, but they're getting some results at home. Yeah, didn't they bring the heat against Minnesota last night too? Yeah. I feel like that was like th – I saw it was like 3-0 or something. Yeah, 
So double oh, check yeah. me on that. Open cup games are fun because you're just like hanging out on your couch and you're just like, oh, there's a soccer game on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and literally anything can happen. And like we're like we talked about before, we got this Pittsburgh game on. Man, this stadium looks pretty sweet right on the river in downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, pretty cool to see uh, what I assume is a USL team hosting in the round of 16. This is so funny, too. This is like a packed, you know, like it, it's like a packed college game, like the feel of it. So, yeah. I, I think that has some benefits sometimes because you don't have to fill it with as many fans. So the fans that are there can be like concentrated and like focused and there's less. I don't know. I want to go to a smaller market. Yeah, look game. at this. This look at this like suite down here by the gold. That looks like it'd be a hell of a time. Yeah, got a little tent set up. Yeah, kind of community America vibes. You know, you see Santa Barbara vibes, something like that. So, do you remember the temporary stadium before we're, we were playing in Children's Mercy, uh, where the oh, was a T Bones play? Yeah, that's yeah. Community yeah, America. that's Community America. Yeah, so. those were the days. Yeah. Uh, but like we said, this past weekend, we actually went on an away trip to St. Louis City, uh, or the city of St. Louis as it's commonly known, uh, to watch Sporting KC and St. Louis play each other. So we just wanted to sort of like take some time to reflect on that, talk about what we did and uh, some of the MLS stuff we saw, the new stadium, all in all. Uh, so just get, give us a brief headline of, of the trip for each of you. Like, Mike, do you want to start? Like, what would your headline be? Sure. I thought... Okay, well, obviously the game started. They scored early. We got pretty sad. But the highlight probably for me was just hanging with you guys, you know, drinking lots of beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just meeting people. We ran into people that we, you know, didn't even know were going to be there. We were at the sporting tailgate that they had. It was kind of an outdoor area for Cauldron members. And, yeah, they were turned up and just giving out beers to people, uh, which we were more than happy to accept uh and what else happened oh jake reed stopped by so we were kind of not talking with him but <laughs> just yeah. like yeah he was okay. talking to the people in front of us then he was probably like yeah, oh, i need yeah. a piece so i said one thing to him it was like we need a win that's it and he's oh, really? like he's like yeah so it was nice like, yeah kirby what about you, for you what was your headline on the on the trip yeah i um this is my I think this is my second time going to a way stadium. So I thought it was a lot like Audi stadium in DC kind of built into the ground. Uh, you know, the, the hype before the game was pretty awesome. Uh, even the introductions was awesome. Uh, but you know, that 25th minute goal really did suck because you know, we, we kind of have to score against them and defend. That's kind of our strategy right now. So, yeah. Yeah, the highlight for me is would definitely seem to be that this is just a classic SKC performance. We we win expected goals and lose 4-0. Uh, you know, you think we're doing well, but then you actually look at the results and we just aren't again. Uh, but like the other guys have said, it was a great experience. We got out there. And the away experience that Sporting provides is very well done. Uh, I would like to say... They offered, as I always do, free tickets. I was lucky enough to get a free ticket from the raffle. I do want to call out St. Louis for what is reported as only offering 500 tickets. I did some research on some similar uh, games and what the Atlanta supporters have reported. So for Charlotte, they gave over 1,000 tickets to Atlanta United fans uh, to a lot and however they deemed fit. And then also Nashville gave around 1,500 tickets to Atlanta to a lot, however they see fit. 
And I was starting to look at LAFC numbers as well, but I couldn't uh, have time to see those when they made their trip to San Jose recently. But really disappointing to see St. Louis only a lot 500 tickets. And I really hope that changes because there was a huge demand for sporting fans to go to this game. Well said. And we were... We marched in a line. We did cheers. Yeah. We did all sorts. We got on camera. Yeah, we, we made their social media. We made their social yeah. media. Yeah, and then as a whole, Sporting does a fantastic job providing uh, free alcohol at tailgates, free soft drinks at the tailgate as well, and also went the extra mile and paid for people's trains tickets if they so chose uh, to go out to the game. So a really great experience from Sporting Kansas City, one thing that they have been doing well over the past few years as an ownership group. Uh, that I will give them credit for. Uh, and then I also want to shout out uh, the St. Louis City worker that gave me a free beer inside the stadium. That guy was clutch. Uh, needed that one. So I had free beer outside and inside the stadium. Uh, not going to disclose his name. Don't want him to get fired. Also might not remember it. Uh, but what what are some other things maybe you didn't like or or if there's other stuff you want to highlight yeah. from from this trip? I definitely want to highlight the quantity of beers that you drank, Jackson. It was quite yeah. impressive. You scored more or drank more beers than total goals in the game. I yeah say. for sure. Yeah. So nice work Take, on your part. Taking yeah. down beers. Um, we did get bounced from our seats, which was annoying, but we also got our tickets in different seats. So what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. I, I kind of want to call out Sporting KC fans here, though. Um, we're in an away section. Who the hell cares where you're sitting? Like, none of your tickets are together. I know that because like, that's how the raffle works. They just assign you random tickets. So, like, what? The, what? Just let us sit wherever. I wasn't. I don't even know where I ended up or where my ticket ever was supposed to be, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sitting where I should have been. And like, I don't know who cares. Yeah. Yeah. Mike and I actually ended up having us in kind of the STL section. So. It was and, rough. and if it, if it's also like a true away section, they shouldn't allow any St. Louis fans, but there are St. Louis fans in our away section. So like, I don't know. Yeah. Don't enforce those rules so much. but um, Overall, I thought the people were very nice, St. Louis fans, that is. I mean, I didn't have any problems with anyone. Yeah, no, I, I didn't either. Um, and Kirby, you mentioned this earlier uh, about the stadium. What did you all think uh, seeing this stadium for the first time? Dude, the intro, I'm sorry, when they like make it all dark and the pink lights come. I mean, that is just pretty slick. So I very much enjoyed that and got yeah. some story I took. So. I, I was wondering if this was like children's mercy 10 years ago, but I don't think so. I think the stadium's a lot better. And it just felt like everyone was loud and screaming and there's giant flags and it's like everywhere you look, there's no like, I mean, sometimes at children's mercy, I feel like there's like families and people who are not not watching the game and on their phone or doing this, but everybody was tuned in and it was like, it was like a soccer game should be where you're kind of lost in the moment for, I was telling you guys beforehand too. um, um, they have they have a better soccer culture than us as well. So I don't know your take on that, yeah. but I think we need to do soccer lessons for Children's Mercy Park. <laughs> yeah, another another cool thing about that, we stayed across the street at the Fairfield Marriott, where directly across we could see the practice fields. That was pretty interesting and pretty cool setup they had. Um, so if we ever want to go spy on a practice, we we can do that. They let us. They would. I think we could get there too. Let's do that next yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. We brought a soccer ball. We never used it. Should've. Yeah. Well, we'll just it, get out on the field. Yeah. Couldn't quite make it on the practice field, but, you know, we 
we had some downsides from the trip, I guess. So um, that being said, any other thoughts before we uh, sort of keep this moving? And uh, not really. So All I took right. The car up, drove around traffic. So well, pretty busy driving uh, Kansas City to St. Louis. Lots of cars on the road. So yeah, I think we're good to go ahead and move on to our next segment, which uh, this is one of our recurring segments, our scrap of the week. And for this, it's really the past two weeks since we had a little bit of break getting ready for our St. Louis trip. So I guess I can go ahead and kick this one off because this one is actually a little bit older and then I've been sort of uh, holding on to, I think probably since about the end of our last record, I saw this. So I want to call out Bill Simmons. Uh, he is the founder of Grantland, which is a popular uh, sports blog website and also was sort of one of like the first sports podcast as well. Uh, but Bill himself said after the San Diego expansion announcement, I'm just catching up. The MLS is going to expand to 30 teams in 2025, but they won't have relegation. Whose idea was this in a very, uh, pessimistic condescending tone, uh, which is very, very, uh, disingenuous. Uh, like I mentioned his website, Grantland, um, hasn't published anything about the MLS since 2015. And I will give you all each one guess about what player this his last article was about on this website. Yeah, 2015. Um, that's not Ibrahimovic. A little, a little before that. No, nope. Mike, you want to guess? Wayne Rooney. No, his last written article on his website is about Benny Fellhaver. Oh my god! I can't even make this up. Uh, yeah, September 8th, 2015 was the last time his website published anything about the MLS. Um, so I, you can just go fuck off Bill Simmons. I don't care what you think about the MLS. Where's he located? Is he in LA? I just think he's still in Boston. Okay. That's where the, it's, it really started as like a Boston Celtics podcast and it sort of just like got bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, just take your bullshit MLS takes out of here. And that's sort of my scrap of the week. Uh, yeah, someone. I like that. Take your bullshit out of here. Yeah, someone wants to go next. Bill Simmons. <laughs> I'm going to do mine on just because I, I remember hearing a story about it, and it kind of seems like I respect coaches' rights to deny their players to, like, play in these, like, international, like, fixtures. But, man, it just seems like it's not the right thing to do in terms of, like, letting someone – not letting someone play for the national team because they're, like, trying to save them for their club level. Yeah, are you talking, like, U-20 World yeah, Cup right now? Yeah, that's exactly that's, what I'm talking that's about. That's what I was going to bring up as well. Um, yeah, is that your scrap of the week? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Especially since he's just a kid. Or if he's yeah, you know. so mine kind of piggybacks that a little bit. I left the game in the 75th minute when they scored four goals against us. Anyways, when they are going to open academies where you can recruit wherever, I think it comes to a point where if we're not playing these younger guys and they want to make it to the first the first team, anyways, they're going to go somewhere else mm-hmm. because the academy guys are not playing. The only time that they play is when somebody is hurt above them. You know, Jake Davies um, for Graham Zusi. Um, last year we played Cam Duke a little bit just because we had to. Um, he but, scored a goal in SKC two game. Nice oh, header. he did. Mm-hmm. I saw he started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyways, I think Hernandez needs to see the field. Um, and you know, mm-hmm. subbing Roger in instead of him is, in my opinion, not the right move. I think whatever point we get past 
Roger is going to be good for the club. Oh, and yeah. He's, he's obviously contributed a lot. Yeah, yeah contributed time. a lot, but it's phasing in the next uh, the next generation. And, like, stuff good like teams, that. they have, like, consistent midfielders. You know, that's like the same three, four, and we just have too many. I mean, I know it's a good problem to have, but we got to get the same, figure out who it is, and then keep them playing consistently. Yeah. yeah. It's like it, the center back pairing, too. It's yeah. just like the center back pairing. That's right. And a, sm- a, a small scrap with Roger Espinosa. If this is a rivalry game, why don't you have a yellow card? At least one, you know? Get out there, take someone out. I don't I don't want to see Roger Espinosa trying to win the game at that point. You know, yeah. take out some anger. So did we get all those shots later in the game when we sub like Johnny's on? I we saw had that. some early opportunities. I, yeah, I think the, our shots were pretty well spread out throughout the game. Okay. But I saw some later with substitutions. So yeah, anyways. we definitely started to bring it forward a lot more at the end. But uh, we had good chances throughout. From their first penalty kick, and I mentioned this on the car ride back. Uh, it was soft, and everyone was saying I was seeing it afterwards. It is yeah. a pretty soft penalty, and that you're right. That sets the tone with our team. If we don't score first, uh, we're in trouble. Sometimes. Yeah, Tim Leibold. We we haven't come back this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a it's a tough one when Sporting gets off on the wrong foot, but uh that's what happened and uh mm-hmm. at this point, you know, kind of used to it. Not not much else to say there. Um just don't let him put up four. Just stop at three. Yeah. Yeah, we'll hope this the next iteration of this rivalry is a little bit better and less lopsided. That's right. So next game, Children's Mercy. There's a third game. Yes. Somehow these teams are playing three times for MLS play this year, which is wild and doesn't make I any sense. I wonder if they're playing Chicago three times too, trying to get rivalries between us and Chicago. So hmm. we'd look into that. Later. Sometimes, based on the marketing, I think if the MLS had its way, every week would be a rivalry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which kind of seems odd about why they try to throw it all into one week or two weeks, but they do. Um, but anyway, we'll keep going. Uh, so. Over the past week or so, MLS Players Association went ahead and released the salary information for the 2023 year. They've done this every year since um, a long time. I believe like 2008 or so was the first time they did it, Uh, but don't quote me on that. So looking at this information, there's obviously a lot to go through, a lot to highlight, but I just want to turn it over to you all. First, what is most surprising? We'll we'll jump into like specific players who are overpays or underpays, but what is surprising to you when you look at this uh, sort of information as a whole? Anything stick out? Toronto spends the most at $24 million. <laughs> yeah. What the hell are they spending their money on? They have two players yeah. that make $7 million. Yeah, that was wild. Um, yeah, highest, highest salary in the league and... Pretty bad team. Yeah, worst team in the East. So I'm looking at the list now. Just the variability in these numbers. It's amazing. Wow. Josie Altador still makes two million. Dang. Is he, yeah. Does he even start? Does no, he play? No. Yeah. And that's actually being paid by Toronto as well. Yeah. Most of it. So he it says New England on the salary guide, but um yeah, Toronto's paying most of that yeah, salary. They're playing, they're playing Bobby Wood over Josie Altador. Yeah. So, some yeah. Old United States guys. Um, some other shocking information. Uh, St. Louis, as they announced to start the year, that is now confirmed. They do not have a single designated player. 
So that was interesting. Yeah, their their sporting director um, shared that pick. Apparently, him and Tommy worked together back in the day. So, and he's been with Klaus for like the last nine years. Yeah, and Klaus didn't even play against us. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, this isn't. I mean, it it seems like the top paid players are either midfielders or forwards. That's shouldn't yeah. be too surprising. I somebody tells me there's a stat about the designated players, like. Is a designated player ever a defender? I Pretty couldn't rare. name one. Yeah, that would I be. can't name one. So um, midfielders and forwards. Walker Zimmerman. Oh, yeah, he might he's be a high, DP. He's, he's the yeah, highest. he's about $2 million, I think. Um, yeah, he might be a DP. Um, yeah, I was surprised that Johnny Russell was $1 million. They probably paid him down a little bit. Yeah, his, his went down a little bit. Um, I mean, we can jump into player specific now. One surprising overpay to me, right off the bat, talking about Sporting KC, Kyrie Shelton's salary went up from last year, just almost doubled. How the hell does that is happen? It five or six? It's around 600000 Wow. Which is absolutely astonishing that we would see that play from last year and be like, yeah, we need to double that man's <laughs> salary. We need him on this team. Uh, I mean, relatively six hundred thousand isn't that isn't a lot, but he it's, that's, it's uh, a lot. Yeah, that's more than Tim Leibel. He could be leading the locker room, guys. I mean, he could be a real locker room guy, real leader. <laughs> yeah, he's leading us to losses. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, is there something to that? I don't know, but that just you're right. Nothing I can think about that makes sense. Yeah, just watching him play over last year and and this year. I mean, he hasn't lit. I mean, if you're going to pay him six hundred thousand, score the goal in the Open Cup game that would touch actually... the ball in the in, you know any time. But... Yeah, he he you know last year he probably had two to three goals playing at striker. Uh, then the, this year he probably has not scored at all. Um, yeah, I I also saw that um, Tim Melia is the second most paid uh, goalkeeper in the league, and he's out for about three to four months. Yeah, I think he. Uh, when you account for like the bonuses, he's the third, but still, uh, wild. Yeah. Um, which and we're is, playing three keepers too. Yeah, know? that's another trend I was kind of surprised with um, was how goalkeepers were paid. A lot of teams were sort of hedging their bets with goalkeepers, paying like a second one a decent amount of money, um, just in case, which seems like a a weird salary allocation to me when you're trying to build a team. Uh, but another note for goalkeepers, I well, like I just said, St. Louis doesn't have a designated desi- designated player. Uh, but Berkey, their goalkeeper, seems vastly overpaid to me. He's making about one mil six hundred thousand, which is double uh, Andre Blake, who his total compensation is around eight hundred thousand, which is the next highest. Which I don't know. You, you he's not double as good. Where does Blake play? Uh, he's still at Philly. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, Taylor Twelman went on and on about STL's goalkeeper yesterday. Yeah, I mean, uh, he had a great game against Sporting, but he had a better game than McIntosh did. did. I mean, yeah. I think yeah, one of those goals he should have had, but um, that's all right. Yeah, I, I don't think if Camp was in there, I don't think he would do the like it would still be four zero. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, yeah. It just seems like Maybe so much to spend on a on a goalkeeper that I mean definitely when your team is geared for scoring like St. Louis's is 
what's the difference between lighting up one or zero goals in this match and spend that money elsewhere. But that's just my thoughts on sort of like how much you should be spending on a goalkeeper relative to the rest of the league. I don't think you should ever double the second highest. But, you know, they're doing well, so what can I say? Oh, my God. Pittsburgh scored. Oh, So they're being Columbus. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh. I wonder when that happened. We'll have to use our imagination. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> yeah, we lost we lost coverage for a little minute, bit. Twenty so. fifth minute, I think we had the volume down. So Yeah. We'll get a highlight. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see that. Um any other any other overpays when y'all were looking at this list? Any players do you think are just getting Um you know, one six for like obviously we paid them off last year, but Tommy making one six. Um, yeah, I saw that. I don't, I don't know Kinda's number. I think we tried to buy Kinda down, and for me, said that we couldn't. Um, you know, Polito's making fourteen percent of all our salary. So. I remember this one. Here's one that shocked me when I saw this originally. But Hector Herrera, almost five million. Oh yeah, Hector Herrera. He's like the the Mexican, Mexican midfielder. Yep, he's played for the national team in World Cup. Hector Herrera. He plays for Dynamo. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh and and for me another Texas one uh Emiliano uh Rigioni, uh the one of the strikers for Austin is making around 2 million. I think he has one goal in about like 25 appearances. Dang. Been uh on those Kyrie Shelton numbers, so paying 2 million for that's got to be frustrating for Austin. But yeah, that's probably uh Claudio Reyna move because was not he GM before he got let go after the World Cup? Yes. Probably GM, not sporting director. Yeah, so. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I didn't think he's. They like moved him from GM to like some different role or advisor is what he is now for Austin because of the World Cup. So. Yep. Madrano's in the game for Columbus right now. Corner kick. So corner kick, left footed. That guy's been a little bit of a journeyman. Yeah, he's been everywhere. Well, I guess not too many places, but he's been a lot of places. Uh, Seattle, Columbus. Yeah, well, I think he was at Nashville for a little bit too. Okay. I think that's who drafted him from us. Nice. Um, and then looking at our salary information, any underpays that you all saw? People who you think are worth a lot more than what you were seeing? And if not, I can kick this one off. I had a couple. I was uh, really surprised. Uh, that Roger was making eighty thousand dollars, like eighty five. Yeah, the veteran minimum. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, he's thirty six years old. So. I I know, but how we've structured our other contracts, I'm surprised about that. Yeah. Uh, one that really stuck out to me when, and we've talked about him a little bit on this podcast, was Caleb Wiley, the nineteen year old for Atlanta defender. Is only making eighty seven thousand, and I thought I sort of understood MLS uh, salary rules. I was like, oh, maybe I just like play this off as since he's like a U twenty, that he'd be really cheap. But then I looked at uh, Cade Cowell for San Jose, and he's making almost seven hundred thousand, and he's the same age. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure how Atlanta is getting away with this one. But eighty-seven thousand for Caleb Wiley is amazing. I, f- I feel like back in the day when Busio was just making his run, he was like sixty and ninety thousand uh, dollars. Then yeah. obviously they're going to try and sell him. Yeah, I don't know how much money they get from that. Uh, but also, I feel like Kate Cal um, 
has been at San Jose for a while, and this is Caleb Wiley's first year. Yeah, it would have to be something along those so. lines because I was – I mean, I would also think that some of these teams would act in good faith of giving players and, like, try to keep them around longer. But if you're Caleb Wiley, why would you not want to get the hell out of here yeah. as soon as possible if they're not going to do anything for you? Yeah, he's um, – for the most part, a lot of the U-20 uh, World Cup guys are around $1 to $2 million and – him and Kate Caller in that range. Their market values around that much. One uh, thing I found funny is that Dom Dwyer is actually on this list, and he doesn't even have a team. But eighty-five thousand, let's go! Oh hell yeah! I w- I wonder if that's because like Elena waived him. Maybe like he had. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how under contract. team it says Major League Soccer. It's a good team. So <laughs> I hear they're gonna win it this year. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get into we'll dissect that team a little bit more a little that's, bit later. That's so funny. He's he's spent some time in the usl it's so funny that you know he hasn't gone down to a championship team or something like that he's kind of just training on his own so yeah um one of the higher i mean this will be the highest compensation that i would say is still underpaid uh but i still want to call it hani mukhtar his guaranteed comp is three million two hundred thousand, and i would still say that's an underpayment uh former mvp and he has accounted for 70 percent of nashville's goals since the start of 2022 which, yeah, hat trick a couple weeks ago. I remember yeah, that. Just seems like a value even at three million to get that sort of production from from anyone on the on the team. That I would gladly do that if I were a sporting director. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. He's a good player. He deserves that money. Yeah. I want to get in the range that every every MLS player is making one to ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. So. Just quality players all around. Yeah. We got to move that salary That's cap like, up. Uh, yeah. E- EPL number. Yeah. You know, this is United States of America, Mike. Let's make th- Let's make it happen. Yeah. Uh, Mukhtar is German. Is he really? I had no idea. I would have never guessed that. I wouldn't have either. Um, 28. He's cool. 28 years old. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he could uh, do a one-time switch. Yeah, how does that rule work? You get one chance. Yeah, and if FIFA's pa- got and FIFA and FIFA's got to prove it. So, is there any sort of track record of like approval versus denial on those things, or are they just sort of like willy nilly? Um, I know Jesus Ferreira got approved in like November 2021, I think. Um, LAFC they just approved uh, their midfielder who's German as well. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I know Italy wanted to scoop Busio up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's uh number two, Mukhtar in goals scored. Yeah. So he's I mean, tied for two with a bunch of players. Yeah, I think he's Was a great that last value. year or this year. This year. Okay. Yeah. Where's Brandon Vasquez in that number? Um, Boanga leads it. Okay. People are kind of thinking since he's becoming a super club. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll jump into that one a little bit later. Uh, but any other any other player salaries you want to highlight before we move on to our next topic for today? I think we're good. It's just you know Peter really went after the under twenty one initiative last year. It seemed like that's where he spent all his money, and none of those players have panned out. Like, and Bimbe's the one who's seen the field the most. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah. know, Johnny's has seen the field more this year. Um, I just wish we would I say it every single week, but I wish we would switch our, our formation around because it is not working. Yeah. And Brandon Vasquez has three goals, Christian. Okay. So he's further down the list. I had to really okay. school for him. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so I think we're good to I go. Think, yeah. I think they have another striker who's good too. Oh, nice. So they're yeah. probably splitting it. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're good to move on uh, from our salary information. So this is another one of our recurring segments. We're just going to do the coldest moment of the rivalry week. Uh, choose any moment. I, Mike, or not, sorry. Uh, myself and Kirby were talking before we started recording. So I know we have the same one. But uh, Mike, do you want to? I can improv Jackson too. Okay, I yeah. He'll just pull one, one up. Uh, then I'll just go ahead and get this one started as well. This actually isn't from MLS rivalry proper. Uh, but this was last night, the LAFC versus LA Galaxy U.S. Open Cup match for the round of 32. I'm going to go ahead and give this to um, Ricky Pooj. Uh, this celebration for a goal when you're already up one nothing and you're playing your rival was extremely over the top. Does a messy celebration. He's playing backups against LAFC. The Galaxy have all most of their starters out on the field. This should be an easy win. And this over-the-top celebration is hilarious to me, and I love it. It is, it is so stupid and reckless. Um, I mean, even Chiellini today was calling him a clown in Italian. He kind of is a clown, though. And this, it, this is what I love. I love to see dumb stuff like this, and I want it, I want it to keep coming. So uh, keep it up, Pooj, and everyone else around the league take notes. Yeah, Pooj is a player that, back in the day, just a small guy that just – want to hit <laughs> i also want to call it he always tucks in his his uh his shirts and it is amazing and he also it wears is hilarious he also wears long sleeves too yeah this dude is so. everything he does cracks me up and we need more players like him yeah no it, it was kind of remember um name goal like against portland when he dribbled everybody oh yeah it was yeah. kind of like that almost like i know he there's a center med who's tracking him down, but he split two or three defenders, and the other Galaxy fan uh, player actually was like shielding it, so uh, whatever his name got the goal. Yeah. So he could have tapped it in, but yeah. yeah so. Only problem with Pooch, I need to see this celebration. I have not seen it, but boy, LA Galaxy are not great, so they need to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that's another worse, thing that makes it so funny. They're worse than us, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so funny. It's like when I was cooking dinner last night, watching this game, late dinner guys. But anyway, they're just saying it would be hilarious if LAFC uh, beat them with like, they have 21 year olds out there. They have their whole academy out there. So that'll be fun. Yeah. What were you cooking for dinner? Dude, I took, I cooked eight uh, legs and I cooked eight thigh chicken thighs. So. Spent some money there. Nice. All right. Well, my scrap of the week, I watched uh, an Open Cup game as well. It was a different game. It was the Red Bulls-Cincinnati game. It's coldest moment. Oh, coldest moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is my coldest moment, so (laughs) thank you. And uh, anyway, it was just late in the game, and thankfully I was turning it on because I love seeing, like, live goals. And uh, it was 92nd minute. Someone had been playing the entire game, Dante Van Geer. He's a striker. Equalize on a volley. Full volley, smashes it in, beats the keeper, tie game, and then I didn't even watch overtime because I was exhausted. But <laughs> Christian told me that uh, Cincinnati won in penalties. Yeah, so. that's I literally when they're showing uh, the recap, they showed the penalty. 
So that's all I saw there. Nice. Uh, but my coolest moment was actually against us. Um, Nicholas, uh, Joe Genie, hopefully I can pronounce that right, but grew up in KCMO. Uh, him and Rosero uh, were kind of on the break. Anyways, he ends up chipping our keeper uh, in the 55th minute. So that was a pretty big goal. I know him and Lucas Bartlett are Kansas City guys, and Lucas Bartlett took it to IG and said this one was sweeter than the last. So, yeah, it's pretty fun. That yeah. chip goal was sick. It was nice. Yeah, you know he played in Liga, and you know he's only 22 years old. And you go through their roster, and everybody's 22, 25. You know we go the 30 to 35 range. Do you think that an SKC striker? Do you think? Uh, most players can hit that. Like, I feel like some of they wouldn't even think about I don't see Kyrie thinking well, of doing that. Well, I don't that. think Polito's fast enough to be on the break like that. Mm. Um, and oh, Polito can the, definitely do that, though. Polito, yeah, yeah. Polito's got quality for sure. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it kind of almost seemed like they're running like a two-striker stri- system against us. Um, so They would win the ball so deep, and then they were like – Right on top yeah. of us, yeah. So we struggled with it. It it almost like Re- like Remy, they the midfielders weren't communicating, so they didn't they just lost the ball in positions that were like you don't want to lose the ball there. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I definitely saw that coming. You know, if you give the ball away against the Red Bull system, they're gonna go down your throat. So yeah, we'll get that get them next time. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, um, I'm pro relegation with what's going on at our club right now. We would be relegated. Oh, easy. but we could watch some different teams play. Different teams would come. Yeah. Well, hey, it just shows that everybody's doing their best because, you know, everybody's job is on the line. It should and be there's relegation clause. Should be. Too. It should be results. We need yeah. performance, and even the Kyrie thing. Maybe that's like a. It's an, oh, we got a cross here. An interesting point that you made. It's like who is doubling this guy's salary and for what reasons? Yeah. It's for, yeah, it's for me. Yeah, so and I practice the chips. Do your little there's, chips. There's no way a USL team could afford that salary either. Yeah, like yeah. they'd be like, "Why the no? Get out, get out of here, Kyrie. We can't pay you this much to be in the yeah." I, you know, it'd be interesting if you can find another team. So, well, I get the feeling if there's another coach, Kyrie will be finding another team. Something tells yeah. me no. there's a Kyrie Vermees. What's What's crazy too is like when. Um, Wayne Rooney took over um, DC. You know they have Julian Gressel, and he's he's was in the January camp. Uh, could have made the World Cup team. It's just um, I think he has paper. I think he's from Canada. Mm. So anyway, he finally became a United States citizen. But even Wayne Rooney doesn't want Julian Gressel. Mm-hmm. Julian Gressel's a bona fide player too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he's made the team for this summer. Yeah, um, so I think now we're going to go ahead and move on. Uh, we got about, I think we're through 14 matches for most teams. You know, there's a little variables there. Some teams are less, but we're about 14 through, which is a pretty good chunk of the season. So we're going to go ahead and do a little buy or sell segment on some current teams. Uh, so I'm going to throw some props out there and just let me know what you think if you would buy or sell uh, we'll go ahead and start off. Someone we've talked about a little bit is uh, Cincinnati. Are they the best team in the East? Are you buying that or selling that? Will it's, it's a strong possibility for sure. Um, 
you know, I think they lost to Nashville um, this year, just beat New England. So we'll see what Philly does here soon. But I think it's a strong possibility, especially right now. They're at 30 points. Uh, Nashville's got 25. I just want to be different than you today, Christian. I'm going to say sell. Uh, I've been watching Nashville. Nashville looks really good. Columbus looks really good. I haven't really seen anything. Columbus is eight, Mike. Okay. <laughs> they look good, though. They, they're good. good. They're strong eight. Yeah, okay. they're, they're losing at Pittsburgh <laughs> right now. Yeah, it's a really strong Pittsburgh, though. Okay, you know. Yeah. They, they, Pittsburgh would probably be like two or three in the MLS. Let, let's see what happens. But I'm predicting that maybe they don't finish as well as uh, – at the top. So yes. I'm going to say sell. On that note, I'm going to actually agree with Mike, too. I'm going to take sell. And one thing I th- that I'm considering is their transfer that they had earlier this year for their forward Brenner, uh, which was uh, like a $10 million transfer. Uh, but he is produce he has produced one goal his passing accuracy is 85% for a forward and he is also i believe the has the highest amount of minutes for any forward or midfielder on Cincinnati as well as um a large amount of shots being accounted for his as well. So he's staying in since he's not going abroad. No, he is. He leaves at the beginning of July. So okay. they'll be they'll be losing him from the team, uh, which. I, so I think come into the year, I, I don't think since he's going to be at the top of the East. Yeah, and they're also saying, you know, Brand Vasquez goes. What are they going to do? I yeah. know Brand only has three goals, but you know, he does a lot of stuff off the ball and that big body. So it's it's one of those yeah. things. It's like when we sold Busio. Yeah, he's a great player, but you also own. You kind of owe it to your supporters to keep good players around, stuff like that. Yeah, so, so I, I think there's a few factors that really lead into that. And like Mike said, I do I do believe in some of these teams in the East can pick up what they um, have had. Also, uh, FC Cincinnati is still undefeated at home, which I don't think can continue all year. Uh, I believe, you know, they're on a hot streak. you got to respect it. But I think they'll, they'll eventually drop a few points here and there and just sort of fall out of that top spot. Um, I mean, going undefeated at home for an entire year would be – Quite this, quite the feat, and one I, d- I don't think their team is built to handle. Um, but we can move on to the next proposition I had, um, which is a team that we have been talking about a lot over the past few weeks is DC United. Do you think they're a legitimate playoff team, and could they knock off a win come playoff time? Yeah, I, th- I think they're a playoff team, but you know those three games that you have to play your first round. Uh, so I, I personally want to see a little bit more from them, but they're a better club than they were last year. They they came to us their very last game, and I think we beat them 3-0 with our reserves. So Yeah, they just have to win those close games they sometimes lose. I feel like that's the answer for them, and they've been winning games. And they're, Wayne they're, in better, is, they're in a better position than your Columbus. Six, <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah. true. God, I love Columbus. Yeah. Though. Uh, so, Mike, are you selling them as well? Uh, I'll buy DC United. I'll buy DC United. Yeah, this is kind of a tough one for me. I'm kind of split on this one. You guys um, see that? You, like, kicked it into the stands. Oh, that's Majonda? Yeah. That's classic Majonda. Yeah. He has, he has no shame in pulling up for a terrible shot. Uh, I've seen for, many of those. For me, love Majonda, too. You know what? He yeah. had the best chant in Children's Mercy. The whole chant was just Jimmy Madronda. Oh, really? <laughs> That's a tough one to learn. Uh, I'm not sure I can remember those lyrics, but yeah. Yeah. Jimmy Madronda. 
Yeah. Uh, so for DC, I think if if I really had to choose, I'd probably sell on DC. Uh, I like them. I like what they've been doing, but I'm looking at the teams above them in the East, even the teams below them. I mean, I like Columbus better than DC as well. Um, but yeah, I'd have to sell. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Obviously there's nine teams that can make it. Uh, but I don't, I don't think they'll end up getting a win in the playoffs, which was the real heart of this question. Uh, so let's go ahead and move over to the West side of the MLS. Not leading in points, but the start of the year, LAFC was uh, best in the West. And I'll, I'll go ahead and, you know, make this a little broader. Are they still the best team in MLS? Yes. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Seattle's been struggling. I think Seattle's lost like the last four games. Yeah, they're on a. Uh, I would a actually. I would, I would choose St. Louis over Seattle too. Uh, but yeah, when when I think MLS, the best team overall, all competitions. I have LAFC. I think Steve Ferrandolo is the best coach we have, and he's just not in the race for United States. They uh, can still win what three trophies, right? Because Supporter Shield. MLS and yep. they got League's the- Cup and Leagues Cup. Cup. Yeah, so Champions League, MLS, League's Cup, they got knocked out of Open Cup okay. last night. Yeah. So well, they could anyway, win the Supporter Shield too, so yeah. yeah. So they're they're just saying Galaxy that, beat them last night. Yeah. With their best players. Yeah, against you know? their backups. Yeah. Anyway, uh, um I is it is it in 8 days when Champions League for CONCACAF uh, uh, I don't know. We all have computers. Someone can look yeah. it up. Uh, we'll we'll get back on that. We'll come back to that one. Uh, so I, we're all buying. LAFC is the best team in the MLS. I'm gonna buy as well. I don't think that's that bold of a statement. Uh, back to back supporter shield. Did they win last year? The supporter shield. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um. Yeah. And yeah, hardly that'd be a cool. Hardly used bail too. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But he's living the dream now, just golfing every day. Jealous of that man. But uh, for a lot of reasons. But I went ahead. This isn't quite a buy or sell, but I want to propose a question. What is one team that is outside the playoffs right now that you would like to buy low on? And if you want me to list those teams, I can. Um, uh, Houston's outside. Yes, Houston is outside the yeah. playoffs right now. Yeah, I think they're a better club than Austin. Um, let's look on the East. I think Red Bull – well, Red Bull and NYFC can sneak in there. Yeah, I've um, seen Red Bull play pretty well. Uh, I really like that John Tolkien guy, that out, uh, outside back. He's got a new haircut, and that guy's just a baller, man. Um, yeah, I I kind of think Red Bull is better in NYFC. Uh, they're both kind of tied at 16, I think. Um, I think um, NYFC – beat them head to head but i've been watching some chicago games as well maybe chicago could throw some wins together i mean they've looked like not they put together some performances right i know they're second to the bottom but kai kamara has been scoring goals shakiri i don't think has been producing the amount of money they're paying him yeah they they got him after the 2018 world cup i think so yeah so yeah, he's around six million dollars. Yeah, and I don't think he's no doing scoring goals. I mean, he might be passing the ball. He's kind of looked frustrated, and I don't think it's been a good situation. Yeah, for him specifically. I agree. I agree. Yep. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and take one from the West. I'm going to take Colorado. Uh, I think the uh, chaos might reign supreme there in Colorado. I like the way that they are finishing the year, their schedule. Um, their last two games, Houston and Real Salt Lake, uh, they're playing a lot of lower table teams to finish the year. I think they could sneak in some points and really just find their way into the playoffs. Um, no real reason to fall in love with them outside of what the what remains on their schedule and just what it takes to get in. But uh, I Yeah, think, and you know, playing that altitude if they're playing yeah. two games at home. Um, if they can somehow sneak two day, yeah. two games at home. Yeah. So. so, you know, I'd keep an eye on them. Not I mean, I really think the West is sort of like set with who who are the playoffs teams. The, the people outside the playoffs aren't very good in the West. But if anyone can do it, I'll put my money on Colorado. That's who uh, I'd, I guess, would like to see do it. But any other teams you all like outside of the playoffs? Soft spark, spot in your heart for the Rapids, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, is Robin Frazier still there? Is he still their coach? What's that dude doing? Yeah, it's um, – I know the Rapids coach. Um, yeah, I, who the hell am I even thinking of? I'm, I'm gonna have to say. I think it's Robin Frazier. Okay. Oh yeah, that's it, Robin. Uh, I'm gonna have to say. And it, yeah, me, yeah, he's for me coach. the Dynamo. They're in tenth spot. In tenth. Um, it sounds like they're focusing on the Open Cup too. So. Yeah, I think I still have some leftover resentment as a sporting fan. I just don't like anything about that team. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of a me problem though. But it uh, looks like we're going into half of Pittsburgh-Columbus right now. Pittsburgh still has a lead, one nothing. Any any prediction for the second half, you know? We've been totally watching it heavily. You know who I'm going to say, right? Columbus. <laughs> this game was surprising last night. What game is that? Uh, Miami against Nashville. I think Miami won this. Those pink j- jerseys look pretty good. I like yeah, those. Yeah, I like them too. The pink and yellow together kind of looks rough. Too much color, but... Not my Unless Nashville came back. Yep. Um, so one final segment and they got goal right there. Damn. Yep. We've we've been doing this one every week till we get a new coach, our US men's national coach of the week. Still yet to have a coach. We're inching closer and closer. Uh anyone want to kick this one off with a coach? I'll go ahead. Um you know, I really a lot of people thought that we we're gonna cast that out. High and low for, you know, like a Jose Mourinho. I think Hercules Gomez and Taylor Twellman said that they kind of owe it to us, really searching high and low. Anyways, if we are hiring Jesse Marsh, um, let's hire him today because. Yeah, I think that's a fair call. I know. It's, you know, we're losing a day, we're losing time in camp and I think he's even going to start after gold cup too. Uh, and I think it's one of those things if he loses the first couple games when he's not with the team. So they're trying to, you know, maybe have him start, um, later on. And I think, um, I think, um, who's the interim coach, Anthony Hudson. Yeah. His contract is till August 1st. So it's sounding like Anthony Hudson's going to have it all summer till august that's wild i think it's wild too and i agree with you christian 100 percent. that it's like we need to fill this position the longer it goes the worse it looks i feel like but i know people will say but people get fired like over the summertime so there may be more options um 
for my coach of the week, because we're all theoretical, I just think it would be a, an interesting pick if we pick Thomas Tuchel, who really, in my opinion, kind of got screwed over by Chelsea. He had a decent team the year before they were in the Champions League final. They actually won the final. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have like a little bit of a down season the following year. And they just sack the guy. And since then, Chelsea has had like four loser coaches and countless players. And he's just like, the ownership group. The ownership group before that was Russian. Sold it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you know the new American came in. Um, trying to think that guy's name. He's uh, actually coaching Bayern Munich right now, but I don't know. They're if, struggling. They too. are struggling. Yeah. So that's what I was yeah. like. His job may, you know, maybe he gets approached or something. That would be a crazy pick. But he also has the relationship with. Uh, Polisic, yeah, uh, maybe not the greatest one because Polisic didn't necessarily. Yeah, I wouldn't can't say. be worse than uh, Burhalter and Rania's relationship, oh, right. though. That's right. That's right, uh, and it's a different situation too. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's not like Thomas Tuchel could come in deny Christian. You know, Christian's no. like our best player. Yeah. So. Different yeah, situation. but you know, all that. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they're also saying these high-end coaches come with a substantial fee as well. So. Yeah. yeah. Do you like him as a coach, Tuchel? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I he... I think he's probably better than Jose Mourinho. You know, so I think he would look good in that red, white, and blue. You yeah, know, just like some. <laughs> yeah, he always wears a hat too because he's got a receding hairline like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so then I'm I'm gonna make a not quite name a person for my coach of the week. But I'm going to say we wait until Zinedine Zidane is hired as a national coach and just hire his assistant from under him. Just pay him more money just as like a fuck you to France, who I assume he's going to coach for. I yeah. could be wrong there. Yeah, that's um, the only. Yeah, he's fuck you, France. Sad. This is actually our guy. Um, and then pay him more than Zinedine Zidane to really start some shit. Um, so that's my coach of the week is uh, Zinedine's uh, assistant. To be named later. Yeah, I wonder if Terry Henry would be assistant for France. That's a, that's a he he would be a great like player coach, but his track record of being, was not good. Yeah, so he had three strikes. What they say, you have three chances. Right? Yeah, yeah. Once, he he was in Montreal and like left for personal reasons. Then I think he was at uh, assistant in Belgium, and they didn't renew him either. And he's kind of he actually turned down the women's coach in France. They gave him that and. I think he's holding out for that, and I think he's kind of holding out for the United States too. So, well, it'll be good to get a coach, and we can be like, we have a coach <laughs> yeah. for our national team. Looking yeah. forward to the day that happens. We're looking forward to that. Um, so that just leaves us our personal recaps. Last thing, shout out anything you got going on, uh, personally, soccer, personally, uh, anything you want, just feel free to jump in and. Uh, I know, Mike, you have something coming up. Yeah, I'll, just a couple things. So the Champions League CONCACAF final, uh, we talked about getting the date for that. They actually have two games. Uh, so the first leg is uh, Leon LAFC is May 31st, and then the second leg is June 4th. That's so in L.A. Yeah, yeah, so they switch locations. And I guess I kind of forgot that they don't have – or they have two games for the final in that one because yeah. where are they going to have the final if it's in one spot, you know? Yeah. Put it on the border. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that'll be fun to watch. Those teams are going to battle. Leon will really try hard, and we'll see what this happens. This will be the first MLS team to win it if they do. No, Sounders won Oh, it. yeah, that's yeah. right. They won last – and they're in the club, yeah. like World Cup. Yeah. Lost. Yeah. 
So we'll yeah. watch that. And then the the regular Champions League final is June 10th, and our little pickup organization group is going to do a watch party. So some people asked me about that, and it's on a Saturday. So that means hopefully people can get out and get some beers. And Solis told me they're going to put the sound through the speakers, which is always fun. Fuck yeah. 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 So we we should be expecting to see everyone down there at Solis on June 10th. Uh, watch Inter Milan, you know, get the get the championship, right? Oh my gosh, that would be so <laughs> that funny! Would be wild. I hope it happens, honestly. Uh, yeah. Just, I like City, but boy. Yeah. Kirby, what's going on with you? Dude, I uh, I have not played any soccer. Maybe I warm up at one of Mike's pickups, but that's about it. I uh, did a different workout yesterday. I am extremely sore. So. High intensity it. interval yeah. training, so, really? Yeah, I did uh, shock and tread, thirty minutes. It's only thirty minutes, but no breaks. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast um, a few weeks ago. I did a half marathon, and my friend from out of town was getting beers the night before, so I went out to have a few drinks with him. Uh, you know, one beer led to another, led to another, kind of stayed out a little too late, but I woke up in the morning. I was like, well, shit, I still got to go do this. Uh, whew, I, I really regretted that around like mile seven. <laughs> I was like, what the hell am I doing here? It's like, it, it was a really hot day too. We, the race started at eight and, uh, by about eight thirty, it was, it was probably already up to 80 and it was hot. I was probably sweating beer and shots of whatever liquor I was doing that night. And boy, was that a rough one to get through, but we got through it. We did the half marathon and, uh, I am closing out my soccer spring, uh, tonight actually. So I'll probably have a few drinks after that one too. There you go. Very nice. 13 miles, Jackson. That's impressive. Good job. Well done. Yeah. That one that I've done a few half marathons before. This one was definitely the toughest. I, if you ever do a half marathon, do not drink the night before. Yeah. Where, where was the course at? Uh, it was down in Shawnee mission somewhere. Um, it was around like a dog. There's like a lake and there's like this dog park. Shawnee mission park. Uh, maybe. I don't, okay. I don't really know. Is out by three and two and all that. Yeah. 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 Shawnee yeah. mission park. Yep. So, so it was, it was all right. Nothing crazy, nothing cool about it. Did you throw up? I did not throw up. That's amazing. So we did that. We got, we kept everything down, uh, but boy, was it tough. Dang. So uh, I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, we should be back next week with another episode of the pod. But until then, have good, have a good night, and uh, watch some good soccer. Good night, guys. Good night.